0: Pineapple Pizza Podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world.
1: These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
2: Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today's special is Cryptids of Norway. I'm your hostess, Emily, and with me are the magical, the majestic, the magnificent, Ashley and Lindsay.
1: Oh, goodness. I cannot live up to any of those adjectives today, but <laughs> I'll try. Hi, guys. Hi. I think you feel like hey. a unicorn. <laughs> um, I might be more of a llama corn. That appropriately describes the level of awkwardness, I think.
2: <laughs> Do you fart rainbow parkas?
1: No, but I wish I did. <laughs> Do you know how much more money I could make if I farted rainbow parkas?
2: <laughs> that would be quite the skill. <laughs> I feel like they'd need a good wash, though.
1: <laughs> I mean, probably, but I would make a ton of money. It's not exactly handcrafted, but it's special. <laughs> it's
2: it, it's butt crafted, that's what it is.
1: This is already so, Why is it weird. so itchy and covered in glitter. <laughs> because I eat a lot of glitter and it's none of your
2: business. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to show up on that one discovery show where they eat things they're not supposed to, or they give themselves coffee enemas. You just eat
0: glitter instead of cereal. That's yeah, what you
1: do. same difference, right? <laughs> same thing. Little bits of stuff. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> Listen, I might not actually eat glitter, but I guarantee I've swallowed glitter at some point in my life. It's just, it's. Let's be honest, it's an inevitability unless you've never been near glitter.
2: It is a plague. It is certainly a plague. Once you have it, it's so easy to give it to somebody else, and it ends up everywhere, and you can't ever get rid of it. Well, glitters
1: are the herpes of the craft world. They are. (laughs) They are. (laughs) Well, the the cryptid that I have for you this week isn't
2: quite uh, so... It's not rainbows and sparkles, I'll tell you that. But uh, I think you'll enjoy. Does it wear a parka? No. Okay. No. Not that I'm aware of. Were there parkas in Norway? I'm sure there were something. There,
1: like a parka there have to be. Par- we're just going to imagine it wearing a parka for funsies.
2: I think
0: that works. I like it. I can imagine it wearing a beautiful parka that has a llama corn sewn onto it. So I think once I picture. start just
2: des- once I start describing what this thing actually is, that's going to be a pretty comedic picture for you.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: So first, it. I need to preface this the the cryptid because I only have one today with a little bit of background about the country of Norway because, as we've seen before, the history and geography of a country often influences its cryptids and myths and urban legends and all that good stuff, but I'm focused on cryptids, so that's what we're going with. The Kingdom of Norway currently has a population of about 5.4 million people inhabiting an area of approximately 385,207 square kilometers, which is 148,729 square miles because I can't read. Woo! And a good chunk of that is coastline. So 101,000 kilometers, so that's about a third of it, is coastline or 63,000 miles.
1: Wow, I don't get to say this very often in my life, but that's bigger than I expected. (laughs) right out the gate right out the gate
2: (laughs) then just smacked you in the face with all that coastline i'm
1: in a weird mood i don't know what's gonna happen but we're gonna record it and that's all that matters
2: (laughs) so it has so much coastline because it's actually part of the scandinavian peninsula yeah which i think you talked about before and that also includes denmark and sweden
1: yeah i think i touched on that very briefly
2: About half of the country lies north of the Arctic Circle. And this means that they experience some pretty extreme days. So during the summer, they might have long periods where the sun is up until midnight or never even sets at all. And during the winter, some regions will go two months without seeing the sun. So they kind of live in like this twilight during the daytime and then like the deepest, darkest night after
1: nightfall. Don't like that. Don't like that at all. I I do. First of all, I would just like to say, opposite of what you might think, I would probably be awake the entirety of the two months the sun's not up, and then I would be passed out <laughs> most of the time when the sun's out the whole day. It would be weird. That's
2: because you like to be awake during the night for some reason. Your, brain's just, your brain just says, I have to be awake.
1: I'm wired wrong. It's fine. I just want to be backwards. awake and doing stuff, and I feel very creative and energized at night, but not so much during the day. Yeah,
2: that's fair. Well, then Norway might not be the place for you to move to. No,
1: it's okay. Although they do have really good health care, so that's nice. They've got that over Alaska, but I don't think I could live any of the places where the sun just doesn't come up for an extended yeah. period.
2: Well, as you can imagine, yeah. that would really mess with your perception and your, your perspective of life oh, yeah. when everything is just perpetual night messes mm-hmm. with you.
1: Absolutely. And psychologically, it'll mess you up too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think
2: that plays a lot into what I'm going to be discussing later. Oh my god, I'm so excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> so humans have been in the region for nearly 9,000 years, arriving about 6,000 years after the glaciers had receded enough to make the land habitable. So it was those glaciers that were largely responsible for the really unique landscape that the country's renowned for. So they have... Stunning mountains, big, huge rock formations. Um, a lot of times they relate these to trolls. Mm-hmm. Rock formations are related to trolls. They have large lakes, hot springs, miles and miles of river, and the steep cliff sides of the famous fjords. I love Everybody knows word. about the fjords. It's because it's a cool word. It's just a good <laughs> freaking <Fjord>. word. hmm <laughs> For those of you who don't know exactly what constitutes a fjord, according to fjordnorway.com, it's a deep, narrow, and elongated sea or lake drain with steep land on three sides. So the opening toward the sea is called the mouth of the fjord and is often shallow, while the fjord's inner part is called the sea bottom. So if the geological formation is wider than it is long, it's actually not a fjord, but is instead a bay or a cove. Which I thought was interesting. If it's wider than it is long, so these things are long and
1: skinny. So okay. they're supermodels. <laughs> yes. Whereas mm-hmm. you know someone who's shaped more like me is probably a.
0: <laughs> so they're the chilies of the. Uh, yes. Of the water, yes. the the bodies of mm-hmm. water slash land masses. Okay,
2: got it. Mm-hmm. I
1: dig it. Okay.
2: Okay, so now let's talk a little bit about the people and the beliefs of the region, which I think you touched on a bit also, Ashley, but we'll go over a little more. Of course, everyone knows of the Vikings, which dominated the region from at least 800 common era to around 1100 common era, though they probably were well established for quite some time before that. That's just when they really kind of... So, I didn't know this, but apparently what we know as... Uh, The start of the Viking Age is actually just when they made their first raid in England Mm in 793. So that's when the rest of the world world really sat up and kind of took notice. And that's kind of what we know of as the Viking era, but they were probably around a whole lot
1: longer than that. Yeah, well, they had a long enough time period to develop their own language. So that tells you Mm -hmm. is probably at least like 100 to 200 years, I would say.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And cultures and, and beliefs and all that, so... Today, ancient Norse beliefs are generally lumped in with the term paganism because they were most definitely a polytheistic people, meaning they believed in multiple gods. However, according to lifeinnorway.net, their beliefs in their gods and religion were so ingrained in everyday life that these rituals and beliefs were not really seen as a separate religion, but instead were more like a lifestyle. So they really lived what they believed. In the few hundred years that followed that first documented raid, the Vikings colonized widely, including regions in North America, Greenland, Ireland, England, North Africa, and Italy. So unsurprisingly, travel and other cultures influenced them as much as they influenced others. So we saw that kind of, I think, when we did uh, Ireland, that there was some influence or there was mm-hmm. discussion, at least shared beliefs between Ireland and, and Norway. Mm hmm. Although Christianity finally gained a foothold in the country around 1100 Common Era, for quite some time, many people straddled the ethereal line by worshipping their ancient gods. And this new introduced one at the same time, much like the Gaels of Ireland did. So they were kind of they're like, OK, yeah, we'll do what you say just because you're here. But I really I'm still kind of like following that old religion. Mm-hmm. So they, it was the best of both worlds for them, I guess. It's important to note that a lot of what we know about ancient Norway and the Norse was written down several hundred years after the introduction of Christianity. Mm -hmm. So it is very likely that the Christian beliefs of the Middle Ages influenced how those stories were eventually documented. So uh, that's really kind of like a little bit of history that I wanted to give you before diving into this, because I think a lot of those pieces play into this story. So let's dig into our meal. Hey. Are you hungry? I'm hungry. Uh Oh I was God. hungry for pizza. But...
1: <laughs>
2: well, this might be more like jerky. Um. Yay.
1: I don't know how I <laughs> feel about it when you're gonna put it like that, but I'll keep an open mind.
0: Pizza jerky. That's a disgusting concept.
1: Dehydrated meat is not my favorite.
2: <laughs> well, okay, okay. So maybe it's just preserved. I mean, pepperoni and salami are preserved, right? don't like those either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, this might not be your favorite meal. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> this is another one-course family-style meal. I was inspired by the delicious treat that Alex from Weird Distraction served just before the restaurant closed for renovations. So, as you'll recall, she cooked up the vengeful spirit known as the Yenganger. And she said there was another spirit that was similar to it, and that's what piqued my interest. So I hope you're ready for a big old meaty bite of Draga. Mmm. Oh, you don't remember this
1: one? No, I don't. Is that, oh. is that weird? I don't remember.
2: Well, okay. Let me get into my next one, because then it might peak a little bit of... Okay, yeah. It might okay. yeah. jar your memory. Yeah, thank you. As you may recall from Alex's discussion of the Yangangar, the Draga is also a corporeal spirit... Which I was finding seems to be pretty common in Old Norse beliefs. The name itself is an Old Norse word, and the more modern Norwegian take would be simply draug, or drauger, as yeah. the uh, Americans would say. We say drauger,
1: yeah, because we're Americans. Please don't <laughs> <laughs> we don't He's all a we don't all sound like that? <laughs> Some of us sound worse, but it's not. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm going to try and keep it as close to the the old Norse version as I can. If you are not terribly familiar with the word corporeal, it essentially means that it has a body or it's solid. So you can see it, touch it, smell it, etc. All those things that maybe you don't want to be able to do. But <laughs> that, <laughs> that means it can also see, touch, and smell you, which can be a bit of a problem. Drage are the reanimated dead or walking dead, which is why they are also known as... Aptraganga or one who walks after death. That's cool. Yeah. It looks like apartment ganger, but it's not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's like that's not how you say that. No, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> These beings
2: are described as inhumanly strong and black, dark blue, white, or corpse pale in color with wickedly sharp claws. Ugh,
1: no. Yeah, Don't yeah. Like that. wicked
2: clause.
1: Wicked. Oh, wicked chap. We're in Boston now. I can't hear that accent
2: <laughs> either. <laughs> wicked chap.
1: Part of this inhuman
2: strength might be attributable to their immense size because they apparently swell up after death, but not in the normal gaseous decay kind of way. Instead, whatever caused them to swell made them massive all over, incredibly heavy, and somewhat
1: indestructible. Oh my god, it's like, Mass- it's like Luther <laughs> from the Umbrella Academy.
2: Yeah, kind of, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're not only very hard to kill again, but they also don't seem to decay even after many years, so they're always fresh and juicy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Although they are corporeal, they have the ability to become smoke-like wisps, and that allows them to move through solid stone, making them briefly more like the traditional notion of a ghost and definitely more dangerous to people because if they can move through that, how do you really protect yourself? Yeah, you don't. Right? You can't just shut a door and keep them out. They're not like
0: like vampires, where you have to invite them in. The vampire.
2: Yes, that's true. <laughs> vampires do tie in a little bit later. Ooh. This ability to become a mist or smoke is probably tied to their inherently magic nature. They can control weather, calling up clouds to cover the moon, see the future cause crop failure and failure cr- cause crop failure and even shapeshift which is of course our favorite Ashley's favorite
1: it's yummy one things can just be a different thing for a little bit it's i don't in <laughs> any way want to shapeshift except i really do <laughs> yeah right <laughs>
2: I guess if uh, if the way to become a shapeshifter is anything like the uh, skinwalkers, though.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to pass on it then. But it'd be really sweet to just become like a cute little puppy for a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So what kind of fun stuff can they shapeshift into, do you think? It's going to be something gross,
2: isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, some, it's some nasty stuff. Ugh. I was going
0: to say, it's not something like... Uh... Innocuous, like I'm a tree.
2: I'm just gonna, well.
0: I'm just gonna be here ominously. I'm yeah, a tree. A <laughs> tree.
2: I'm, I'm a tree. tree. <laughs> and then you walk by, and it's like, haha! I'll fucking kill you!
1: <laughs> oh my god! Stamp, stamp, stamp.
2: I'm a tree. <laughs> the Viking Answer Lady website says they can shift into seals, which is you know kind of boring. Whatever. So that's a little normal. Uh, a great flayed bull, which is really gross. Ugh,
1: no, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like yep. that at all. Mm, juicy.
2: A gray horse with no ears or tail and a broken back, which is I eye- mm, fucking nightmare uh, uh. fuel material. <laughs> so oh, thank you. Literally,
1: get it nightmare.
2: <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> but also gross.
1: <laughs> oh, it was okay till we got to the part about the spine. Oh no! Right, oh, right. No.
2: No ears, no tail. It's like, okay, that's creepy. But the broken back, you're like, oh, I don't like it. Can't. Or it could be a simple,
1: innocent looking cat.
2: But that cat would not be so sweet. It would certainly not be your favorite little fur baby. It's a flurkin. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is a flurkin?
1: It's the cat from um. It's Captain, the cat from Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's the cat that took Fury's eye. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, I mean, the eye's still in there, but it's messed up, so. (laughs) It's messed up real good. (laughs) Well, this might be a flirkin. It's a flirkin. Oh, my God, I'm so excited.
2: (laughs) So what this cat's going to do is it's going to sit on your chest as you sleep, and it's going to grow bigger and heavier until it crushes you to death.
1: Oh, God. Nope, that's not a flirkin. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's just an asshole. (laughs) I feel like that's a result of somebody overfeeding their farm cat and they wake up one day to a cat sitting on their chest and they're like, oh my god, you're trying to kill me. All cats do that. Do they? It's such a cat thing. (laughs) My cat does. Mm -hmm. My cat likes to run across me first thing in the morning. It's fantastic. Hard pass. Love it. That's a great way to wake up. I don't want that.
1: I don't want that at all. (laughs) No, No. you don't.
2: (laughs) Some of their other magical powers that the draga have is the ability to curse a victim turn the day into night by bringing darkness about temporarily okay that's just cool wake ashley right up yeah
1: don't do that Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to fall asleep (laughs) don't do that
2: (laughs) incite diseases and epidemics cause crop failure and enter your dreams to potentially drive
1: you mad oh no 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 don't do that
2: When you wake up, they'll be kind enough to have left you a little gift nearby so that you know that they were actually there. And what that gift might be, I don't really know, but I can imagine that if it came from a grave like these guys do, it's probably pretty gross.
1: Oh, I guess I'm off track. I was like, it's a dead mouse because they turn into cats, but...
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I assumed it was a giant pile of, like, corporeal shit or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. Sure. It's ghost poop. Oh <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Does ghost poop smell? Yes. Or do you just get was... the little do you get the little wispy look of poop stinking but no actual scent and like fake flies that like go around it. <laughs> ghost flies. Ghost flies. Other exciting ways they might kill you besides crushing you, causing disease, or driving you mad is by eating you either in pieces or or in one big gulp, kind of who style. Mm. To kill your livestock, however, they'll probably run or ride them to death, or they may just take the lazy route and take a bite right out of the animals.
1: Oh, God. Okay, but how about we don't do that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I can tell you're enjoying this meal so far, and speaking of bite, we're gonna take a quick coffee break and let you savor those nibbles. Mm. today's episode is brought to you by hello fresh
0: do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut with hello fresh you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make home cooking
2: easy fun and affordable you can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. I've had their rapid stir fried beef before with broccoli and it is amazing. Once
0: you taste it, it's like you're actually eating something from a professional Chinese restaurant. And that's something that I never thought I'd be able to do even though I think I'm an okay cook but HelloFresh makes it so simple to take these meals that you would normally get in a restaurant and make it at home.
2: I personally have never tried HelloFresh, but I found that it's been really difficult lately for me between trying to complete writing my thesis and taking care of my kids to get a good healthy dinner on the table in a timely manner where we can all sit around and have dinner together as a family. So I'm definitely giving HelloFresh a try. I just ordered the one-pan cheesy black bean tacos and the sun-dried tomato spaghetti meals, and I'm really excited to give these a try and sit down and get to eat them with my family. I'm looking forward to having easy meals that are both healthy and delicious, especially with kids. That's always the struggle. So if you want to get in on this too, make sure you check out the link in our show notes because HelloFresh is offering our listeners $80 off, including free shipping. That's $80 off on the number one meal kit. sure to go check out that link in our show notes we hope you're enjoying the meal and ready for more meaty draga while we were in the back grabbing our coffee ashley was talking about how much the uh, broken back of the horse creeps are out which i'd have to agree that's pretty nasty i just feel bad just something galloping along but it's like v-shaped in the back Uh, Uh, how does it gallop like that does it just kind of flop up and down? I don't know.
1: I don't think you can gallop if you have a broken spine. Maybe you'd well, I mean, drag yourself by the front legs. I don't know. Ew. Well <laughs> That's some, you some just galumph. I don't make the rules. Instead of gallop.
2: <laughs> I don't make the broken horseback rules. <laughs> In terms of when you might encounter one of these creatures, the Draga seem to be more active at night, but can be encountered during the day. That's when their handy-dandy ability to turn day into night comes into play, so if clouds seem to suddenly arise and cover the sun, beware. They are generally more active in winter, so as the days grow shorter and darkness lasts longer, encounters with the Draga become, become more likely. It makes sense then that the dead were pretty much expected to rise and walk again at midwinter right around Yule or around like Christmas to New Year's for the non-Vikings in the restaurant.
1: White walkers, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. White walkers. Mm -hmm.
2: Unfortunately, run-ins with these spirit zombies generally lead to death. Typically, the only people to survive are either great heroes of some kind or those who notice that something is really wrong and then take steps to protect themselves before it's too late, which we'll discuss more a little bit later. So basically, if you run into one of these things, you're screwed. Although you can encounter these beings out around town, their primary residence is a burial barrow or tamuli, which is just another name for barrow. And this is typically a stone and earth mound that's erected over top of where a single person is buried. I didn't know this, that a barrel was typically just for one. I thought it was for multiple. Oh. Sometimes these are small and they only contain the body whole or cremated, oftentimes cremated, of a single person. Other times they can be really large, containing multiple bodies or even entire ship burials, which I thought was pretty cool. Hmm. Hmm. These burial sites are often placed close to family homes, kind of like a family cemetery, so that future relatives can easily pay visits and show respect to their ancestors. But this also means those ancestors could easily pay an unexpected visit to the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids. And pretty much no one ever wants unplanned visits from the fam, right?
1: I mean, I definitely don't. I don't care if they are still alive. Like, I don't really want it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And if they're dead, then you definitely don't. Yeah. Well,
0: my first thought is, what if you sell your house? Like, buy this this lovely abode. It comes with its own cemetery of people that you have never met before. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: And then the new people get a knock on the door in the middle of the night in the dead of winter. And they open it up, and it's, like, ancient granny. She's like, is Timmy here?
0: <laughs> She's got, like, this really, like ice chunk of like fruit cake or something she's gonna give you like welcome (laughs) to the family
1: oh god not fruit cake (laughs) happy yule (laughs) (laughs) happy yule oh my god (laughs) maybe some people really find it like a selling feature that there's a whole bunch of dead people in the backyard you never know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. if you're a serial killer that might be a plus You could hide new bodies in there and you could probably do pretty well with that i feel like i shouldn't have said this (laughs) (laughs) i am not a serial killer i swear
2: (laughs) see when you said other people would enjoy it my brain immediately went to like there are ghost hunters in the u.s are there draga hunters over in norway and ashley's like serial killers.
1: <laughs> I was just being practical. <laughs> what can I say?
2: Usually the deceased go out in style, so they're buried with all kinds of awesome loot, weapons, sacrifice cattle, or even a wife or favorite servant, because, oh yeah, they sacrifice those too. There you
1: go, so if you're not squeamish, there's another good reason to want to buy that house, because when they're gone, you can just dig up Nana and take all of her fancy jewelry. yee ee yeah, but you might not want to. Mm. I'm going to take my chances.
2: <laughs> I already have a sweater, so I probably shouldn't. This horde of sweet stuff is fiercely guarded by the Draga, and any attempt to rob the burial site will end in almost certain death for the greedy robber. Good luck. Come get
1: me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I saw over and over that the big like, explanation for this is because the Draga is really... They're really selfish. Which I thought was kind of bullshit because it's their stuff. That that You're not being selfish if it's your stuff. Just get the fuck out of here. You can't take my stuff. Don't they have a right to protect their things? I mean, they're they're dead though. So.
0: But it's their stuff, man. Okay. But then what if you lick your finger and touch it
2: first? Because then it becomes yours. That's the rule. <laughs> I guess licking your finger and touching it would be... The, but well, but see, if you lick your finger, then your finger is yours. But did you actually lick that thing? Or are you just transferring saliva? I'm transferring
0: my saliva to the thing and I'm touching it I don't and know saying, if that counts. this is mine now.
2: I think you have to have to actively
0: lick. If, if we're talking frozen Norway, I am not actively licking anything <laughs> under the ground. I have seen enough movies where I know that would end poorly for my tongue. And it's also gross.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. It would not end well. As a general rule, you shouldn't lick things
0: that you find in the ground. I'm just gonna, that you know that, that you dig up out of the dirt. Just saying.
2: I feel, I feel like you walk into the barrow. The drag is all like, "Oh no, you can't take my stuff!" And you instantly pick up the sword and you lick it. And he's like, ah, "Oh man."
0: <laughs> But your tongue stuck to it, so you're like, This is mine now! And then you, like, run out of there. <laughs> like sword stuck to your face.
1: I'm just over here wondering if there's, like, any kind of connection, which I'm probably just making a mountain out of a molehill, but it's weird to me that they fiercely guard their stuff, and they're called dragas, and we have dragons, which sound similar, and they also guard hordes of treasure. And I just feel like, in my mind, I'm trying to make a connection happen so that I can have it.
2: <laughs> you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me because a lot of this um, transferred over to Scotland very heavily and Ireland and England. So it wouldn't... Su- they have things over there that are known as like the Hogboon, which is hog buoy, which is another kind of corporeal spirit in Norway that's really similar to the Draga or the Yanganga. But they also had revenants and stuff so I bet that they perverted this word. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I
1: think Ashley you're on to something. I don't think I saw anything in it. I really want to make this into a song of ice and fire and I'm not going to stop trying.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So they're considered selfish because somebody wants to steal their stuff but they're also considered selfish because they seem to want to be able to come back and live the lives that they once did rather than move on as they should. They want to go into their old homes or halls, kind of use their old stuff, hang out with their old buddies, but in a dangerous and potentially lethal kind of way. So they seem to keep uh, all of their old memories and skills, which I thought was pretty cool, with the addition of some impressive new ones and a very sour disposition. So they're gonna remember exactly who you were and if you pissed them off in life, you are so screwed (laughs) when they die. You are on their after-death hit list. (laughs) It would make sense then to think that probably people who were selfish or greedy in life, like the grave robber, for example, might become a Draga, and they're essentially just carrying on with their old ways. But the bad news is that pretty much anyone can become one of these. Generally, anyone unpopular is guaranteed to become a Draga, as we kind of expected. This would include greedy people, bullies... Katie before she joins the plastics, etc. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, but then all the plastics are also gonna become these things because they're bitches, so mm-hmm. yeah. 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 You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, so
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine the plastics coming back as one of these? Be like, eh.
1: That is so fetch. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Also similar to how ghosts are often believed to be created, anyone with unfinished business is at risk of becoming a large meaty undead. But in a strange twist, if people don't pay enough respect to the deceased, the corpse will likely become reanimated. So even if that person was crappy in life and you really didn't like them, you still need to show them respect in death or you basically guarantee that they're going to turn. Which kind of sucks. Um, because you ever who doesn't want to spit on somebody's grave? You're gonna tell me while? that I can't <laughs>
1: talk shit on someone after they're dead. I'm not gonna comply with this request.
2: <laughs> I think you probably could talk shit, but you have to show respect to their grave and their body and all that. I'm gonna spit on some graves. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Weirdly, the position in which the body is interred could also be a sign that the person might return as a draga the bodies must be laid to rest in an absolutely horizontal position. So if the guy constructing the mound left his level at home and the body ends up kind of even at the slightest angle, then the corpse
1: is going for a late night walk. That's so weird. hear a
0: lot about geometry.
1: Apparently. It's just like weirdly specific. Like, oh my god, my corpse is at a two degree angle. I have to come back and avenge this travesty.
2: (laughs) (laughs) us up apparently it's not fully at rest at that point
1: that's weird but okay agreed draga can
2: also turn others into undead kind of like vampires if a person is killed by one they will be destined to become one themselves or they will become an enslaved ghost tied to the creature that killed them back in the day if it seemed like some strange shit was going down and the vikings suspected it was the work of a draga they would go exhume the body to see if there were any signs of activity Then they'd rebury it with even more stuff to try and keep it happy. Or they'd use one of the other methods of control, which I'll discuss more shortly. So they're going to go and dig up this body and check it out and be like, did it move? But hey, by the way, depending on when you put that in there, it's probably going to shift. Especially if you have it at the wrong angle. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, oh, it looks like their hair's still growing. They must still be alive. Now, the really important question is how can you protect yourself from one of these chonky dark ghost zombies?
1: (laughs) 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 Dragonfire.
2: Well, there are really quite a few methods mentioned. There were. There were a ton of them. To completely prevent them from rising, you can bury them with iron scissors on their chest and some twigs or uh, twigs or like straw or something tucked into their clothing in the shape of a cross. Hmm. Right. If you put the scissors, if you open them up so they look like the sign of a cross, and you put that iron has always been considered to hold down a lot of spirits.
1: If supernatural hmm. has taught us anything, Just put like a crowbar in there, and then like another crowbar, <laughs> you're
2: done. Yeah. <laughs> you can also tie the toes together so they can't separate their legs, kind of like when you tie somebody's shoelaces
1: together. What is that? Some cartoon shit? Come on, <laughs> right? Oh, he fell down. We're safe.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He tries to get up and he's just like,
1: I mean, that'd be hilarious, but it just sounds like it belongs in a cartoon. It does. I know. I thought it was so funny. And this
2: one's kind of gross. So just heads up. You can also shove needles into the soles of their feet so that they can't get up and walk. Oh, so you do the Oedipus. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) Swollen foot. (laughs) At least it's a dead thing and not a live baby, so it's okay. Yes, that's true.
2: (laughs) When carrying the deceased out after you've done all your funeral rites and stuff and you're carrying them out of the building, just inside the doorway you need to raise and lower the coffin three times to mimic the shape of the cross. And then once the coffin has exited the building, all the pots, pans, furniture, and all the other good stuff has to be turned upside down, and then the priest at the gravesite has to use magic to seal the person into that spot. So it's pretty extensive. Do priests know magic? Like, isn't that
0: well? Aren't all the religion?
2: prayers kind of you're you're chanting something to protect yourself, right? When you yeah. say hail Marys, and so, that's that's a kind of spell. You are casting okay. a spell.
1: Okay. Right? I mean, I don't agree that that's a thing, but I'm also a heathen, so I can't really answer this question. <laughs> um, I am sitting here thinking how much, like, for the first time in my life, I'm like, God damn it! I wish I'd been born, like, several hundred years ago, because I would have made up the weirdest shit and convinced everyone it was true... And then people would be like, Well we have to turn all the furniture upside down and then we have to draw like a picture of a baby in mustard on the floor. <laughs> Just, like, <laughs> I would have done I oh would have done the weirdest shit and people would have been like, Oh yeah, we totally have to do this. <laughs> Look, she's
2: still alive. They must not have gotten her. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I couldn't see. I didn't see anything
2: that said how long you have to leave everything upside down. So I don't know if that's just like a for the night or till the spell has been cast or what. But forever. Like, is that long term? <laughs> Good luck cooking your soup. You just leave them where they are. And it being a hoarder. Ew. Ancient hoarders. <laughs> On this episode of Ancient Hoarders, Bonnie has collected 20,000 pots upside down. <laughs>
1: She says she can't get rid of any of them because then her relatives will come back to life and take their vengeance.
2: (laughs) Can our caseworker Sally help her let go of her pots and her past? (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) If you want to be really proactive, you can even construct corpse doors. So when someone dies, the door is unbricked and the coffin is carried out feet first through the doorway then the entire doorway is resealed, so you brick it back up. And the big belief here is that the undead basically retrace their steps, so if you carry them out feet first and seal the doorway, not only will they not be able to see exactly where they're going, but they also won't have a door to walk back through when they return.
1: But can't they just turn into smoke and go through it? Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't think that would work, guys. <laughs> yeah, some of the... I
2: mean, these beliefs are kind of pieced together from regions all over the place. Yeah.
1: There's a problem with your logic, spam, That doesn't work. And I have a bone to pick with you. I just picture the person that like puts in the
0: last brick and they're like, ah, oh, we're all good. And then this like mist comes through and they're like,
1: hey. And he's like, god damn it. They call, uh, they call the door bricking a Fortunato. <laughs> oh my god, that was fucked up. It is also very
2: important not to answer the door at night, especially if you only hear one knock on the door or window. If somebody's knocking on your window, don't ever answer that shit. Seriously. Like, why is that even? Why do we have to say don't answer? (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) In Icelandic tradition, visitors should knock three times while a single knock signifies something evil. And I don't know if the same tradition holds in Norway also, but I think the advice is pretty solid either way. So if somebody's just like, boom, don't answer that shit. No.
0: Nobody's home.
1: Oh, I just don't answer anyway. I don't care how many times I knock. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't order any pizza. I don't know who you are and I'm not answering the door.
2: (laughs) Now that everybody knows how much you love Red Bull and cheese pizza, somebody could easily come
1: to your door and be like, Red Bull and cheese pizza. I still want to come out. It's not worth it, unless it's Pedro Pascal, and then I will be out in 12 seconds, and I will never let you leave.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But what if he tries to eat some of your cheese pizza?
1: Pedro Pascal? He can have the whole goddamn thing.
2: Oh, okay. See, I'd be protecting (laughs) everything bitches of my pizza. No,
1: listen, that man can do anything he wants. Those are the rules of life. Although he probably shouldn't (laughs) take my Red Bull because I can't survive without it. It's just a fact. Yes, that is
2: very true. So the Draga might also do something called house riding, which is where it sits its big old massive butt on the roof and then kicks and bangs and smashes harder than a child having a total meltdown. So it it's basically up there like, Let me in! No, 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 no. Let me in! <laughs> like, or it might even try to literally break down your door. So even if you break up that door, I'm not sure how much good that's going to do you.
1: Why do you need to break down a door? Just turn into smoke. I don't understand.
2: Well, I know that the... They can turn into smoke to escape their barrow, which goes through stone, but maybe brick or wood is something different. I don't oh, okay. know. I didn't write the belief. So it's right. like
1: the sonic screwdriver, where like it works, but not on wood. So you better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better know what you're up against before you try to smoke through it. The easiest thing in the world. <laughs> the easiest thing in the world, Garth fan geeks. <laughs>
2: oh god tries to it turns into smoke tries to smoke smoke through the door and all you hear is a boom
1: and then ow on the other side <laughs> it's stuck in the door forever <laughs> you can't go through wood thomas and somehow it's only blown <laughs> off one of its fingers <laughs> the, the rest of the finger has like come out the other side of the door and it's twitching on the floor <laughs> Like yeah <Ew. laughs> The cat comes along and runs <laughs> off with it. No one <laughs> has any idea what's going on right
2: now. <laughs> go listen to Studying Scarlet you go understand. Yep. So if it literally tries to break down your door, in this case, there's really not much that you can do to keep it outside. So it's important to know how to kill the intruder because, believe it or not, the dead can die again. I mean, I guess we believe it because we kill vampires and they're dead. So whatever. And we kill zombies and they're dead. I was just going to say zombies.
1: It's true. Yeah.
2: But this gets really complicated, so bear with me.
1: Ooh, all right. When I was going through my
2: sources, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) How did I wait? (laughs) So iron will hurt a Draga, but it won't kill it. Instead, you have to somehow overpower the thing in like a wrestling match, kind of like you do have with the Kappa. And then you use a sword from its own barrow to cut off its head. You know. Sure, okay, simple enough, whatever. We just happen to have the sword from its barrow in my house, somehow. Except that some say that when you cut the head off, you need to either somehow jump between the head and the corpse before you let the bodies hit the flow. <laughs> it's like, what are you like, somersaulting over the corpse? How do you do this? Because we're all ninjas. So, it makes me think of that commercial uh, the with the gymnastics, the Olympian gymnastic chick trying to get the frisbee off of the roof do you guys know what I'm talking about no Mm-mm. no never mind
1: no just remember kids always listen to uncle venom pile of bodies pile of heads they should just, not be yes. together They <laughs> need to be separate
2: it's good advice it really is it's sound advice <laughs> they, if you put them back together they're gonna come together again. everybody
1: knows that yes yep they've known
2: it for centuries Ashley was there <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have to jump between the head and the body before it hits the floor. Or you have to walk wither shins around the body three times. And I was like, the
1: fuck is wither Yeah, shins? I don't know what that is <laughs> or how to do
2: it. <laughs> Which me- it, So it means counterclockwise. So always keeping it on your left-hand side.
1: Oh, no. So you have to
2: walk around it three times, keeping it on the left-hand side.
1: Or there's more
2: or you have to drive a wooden stake through its head as though it were a vampire. So through its head. Can I just say Bleh. Well,
1: that makes sense though cuz it's a zombie, right? Sort of. And that's how you kill zombies is you have to fuck up the brain. So it's the important mm-hmm.
2: double tap. You cut its head off with the sword and then
1: drive the stake through. The wooden stake through the head, right? Double tap. And then do the counterclockwise thing just for safeties. Yep. <laughs> yep. So then then once you've
2: completed all this You have to burn the body to ashes and then either dispose of them way out in the sea or kind of bury them somewhere remote where nobody's going to find them.
1: Well, I hope you have a crematorium because good luck getting that body hot enough to burn all the way to ash in your house. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, in your house. We're just going to throw pieces of it in the fire for a while. It's going to take forever. As you may have noticed, there are certainly a few parallels between classic descriptions of vampires and the draga. They're corporeal, undead, use magic, can change into animal form, can drive people mad, can turn others into draga, and need to be killed by decapitation or a stake through the heart or head. Although... Some websites said that these beings are blood drinkers. I didn't see anything in any of the traditional literature that I looked through that agreed with that. So I'll have to call BS on that one, personally. It felt like people were really grasping at the idea of the vampire likeness. And I get it. There there are a lot of parallels there, but there are a lot of parallels there with all kinds of this stuff. So, yeah, I don't think they're Norse- vampires. There was nothing that I saw that had anything to do with drinking blood and living eternally off of that.
1: Yeah, I don't think that that would happen. Um, I know that the Vikings actually did believe that blood was magic because they did do like ritual sacrifices sometimes. They did Mm -hmm. do blood sacrifice. But I... I don't, I can't really imagine them being like, these undead things come back and they drink your blood and then you turn into one too. I just, I don't see that happening. I think someone took a little bit of a leap there. Mm Mm-hmm. I
2: agree. Speaking of drinks, I'm a little thirsty, so we're going to step into the kitchen. We'll be right back. Give
1: me a Bloody Mary.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Feeling refreshed and ready for more. Woo!
1: Ashley had a Bloody Mary while we were in the (laughs) back Well, you know, I'm 1500 years old So I've gotta do something (laughs) to keep myself going
0: That's how she revitalizes It was real blood, so
1: Maybe it's a facelift, maybe it's the blood of the innocent
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh god Elizabeth Bathory's tagline right there There are actually two kinds of draga in Norway. There is the classic landlocked one that you should worry about banging down your front door on a midwinter's night. But there's also draga who are tied to the sea, which I thought was pretty cool. And these are usually mariners who disappeared under mysterious circumstances, and they're presumed to have drowned. So their ships are often found with their catch, but missing the
1: all-important crew. That makes sense, though, because, of course, they would be tied to the sea. That's where they were for a huge chunk of their life, presumably, if that's their job. And then also, that's probably where they died. Right. Well,
2: and if you think about how much coastline Norway has and how much they relied on the sea, it would make sense that they would find that a a huge amount of their lifestyle and their afterlifestyle is tied to the sea. Yeah,
1: totally. A third of your country is coast. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah.
2: Since they weren't laid to rest on consecrated ground, they were doomed to remain restless. Legends of the North blogspot describes their appearances as old-fashioned fishermen in a leather coat, leather trousers, leather hat, and rubber boots. Oh my god.
1: Did they have a hook hand? Please don't have a hook hand. (laughs) That's exactly what I pictured too. (laughs) No, not the hook hand guy. I hate (laughs) him.
2: But their heads are nothing but seaweed. So they don't actually have a head. It's just like sea- a massive moving, wiggling seaweed on, on their shoulders. That's so gross.
1: I don't like yeah. it. I'm creeped out.
2: <laughs> and their arms and legs are abnormally long compared to the rest of the body. So now they're like... <laughs>
1: with their long, gangly they arms have, and like, legs. They like tentacle things. Oh, no. They're turning into squid. Yes. They're turning into squid. Make it stop.
2: Yep. It's just squidward. Squidward. It's. It is. That's exactly how I see it. <laughs> we all play the clarinet. <laughs> like Squidward when he's trippy.
1: <laughs>
2: and these sailors sail on a half boat, so that the boat's like cut in half. Hmm. I did see that sometimes they were entirely headless, so not even the the seaweed. So they're kind of like the headless horsemen of the sea, coming galloping in on their half boat. Boat. Half
1: boat. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh,
2: d- descriptions of their temperaments varied. In some versions, they appear to be really troublesome, but not necessarily malicious, kind of potentially overstaying their welcome or causing damage, but not with ill intent. But in others, particularly more modern depictions, they're definitely considered dangerous. And we see this a lot when we look at old beliefs versus new that, like the old Vitala, they were kind of annoying and a nuisance, but it wasn't until we saw a more modern interpretations of it that they really became dangerous something to be feared if you see one at sea he will probably be alone in his boat keeping pace with yours so he's going to be really creepy up there like yeah what you doing over there
0: <laughs> pardon me do you have any gray Poupons?
2: <laughs> well you know what's funny he may try to call you over to his boat <laughs> and if you have gray poupon, you shouldn't go because he's just going to capsize your boat and drag you down <laughs>
1: Hey, Shorty. Uh, Fancy meeting you out here on the sea. You got any great (laughs) poop
2: Why, yes, I do. Ah! (laughs) His appearance at sea may be accompanied by the sound of screams and is generally seen as a foreshadow of coming storms, shipwrecks, or deaths. Legends of the North blogspot described a supposed encounter from 1931. And I'm going to read this verbatim. It was a winter day during the last fishing season and lots of boats out and about. Then it suddenly, a storm blew up, and everyone struggled hard to get ashore. One of the crews sailing at some distance from the others saw a boat they did not know and looked more closely. They discovered that the boat was half. They realized it was the Draug, and that their ship was about to wreck. And so it did. The boat capsized during a surge, taking the lives of four men, Three survived, of which one of them later decided to tell the tale. So that's the story from 1931, supposedly. I couldn't find that anywhere else, so I can't say for sure, but that could be because it's actually in Norwegian, and I don't... I can't search Norwegian. (laughs) Yeah, I don't read it, so... There are some really great stories of Draga encounters from the old literature, so I wanted to relate some of those, because these are pretty cool. Uh, One is of Glom, or... Glamour? Glamour? Let me try that one again. Glamour? Yeah, sure. That, that works. It looks like glamour, but it's glamour. <laughs> They're not sparkly. Not like Ashley. <laughs> Eating all her sparkles. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you just need to eat a bowl full of glitter. What can I say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, a Swedish farmhand. So this is a Swedish farmhand that showed up to take a job offered by a wealthy farmer. And the farmer told him that the farm was haunted and Glamour was like, oh, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, whatever. On Christmas Eve, he showed up at the farmhouse and wanted food before he started working for the night. But the farmer's wife told him that it's really disrespectful to eat on Christmas Eve. And this appears to be kind of like a theme. I didn't, I didn't know this, but it, apparently it's old custom. You don't eat on Christmas Eve. You fast. <laughs> okay (laughs) good luck
1: with that yeah right (laughs) not in America we're like cookies (laughs) 100% are shoving cookies down our gullet and we're not sorry (laughs) so (laughs) like seriously the guy
2: that comes around to our houses in the middle of the night that we allow to thump all over our roof and climb down our chimney comes in to just stuff his face with cookies so for us fasting on christmas eve is not a thing we do not fast
1: no. here that's not our way okay no. <laughs> we <just do> not.
2: <laughs> so he he insisted on eating anyway and so she warned him again that he's gonna be cursed if he eats and guess what he stuffs his face and then this huge storm arises while he's out and he never made it back alive When Glamer was found, he was so swollen and heavy that it made others sick to even see him. But they eventually managed to inter him. Like, I guess it was really hard. He was super heavy. They had a hard time picking him up. So they get him interred, but only after he'd wandered off and they'd had to go fetch him again. So he's like, bye guys. makes me think of when um, Billy wakes up in in, uh, Hocus Pocus. He's like,
1: oh, I'm here. Where the fuck am I?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? So they get get him in. He's buried. And then they replace him with a new farmhand. Christmas Eve comes around again, and the farmer's wife is like, oh, shit. I just have a feeling. It's going to be bad things. It's going to happen all over again. And sure enough, the next day, the the new farmhand was found at Glamour's Barrow with a broken neck and every bone in his body was crushed almost all of the workers of the farm fled but a few did stay behind and then one morning the cattle were out there losing their minds goring each other and acting just wildly someone went out to check on the commotion and found yet another man dead with his back snapped like (sighs) it was like something had picked him up and snapped him over the edge of something it was gross to read about And that was pretty much when the farmer and his wife were like, it's been nice, but you know what? We're out of here. (laughs) Bye. Somebody else can have this house. I'm good. But not all the stories were like, not all of them were this horrifying. There is one story of a mother who loses all three of her sons at sea, and she's so heartbroken that she basically casts a spell, crying out that neither the wind nor the flood will stop until her sons return home. And one night they actually showed up. They came home, they spent some time with mom, and they flirted with her handmaid before apologizing to their mom as they left for good. Aww. So they Yep, they came home and they were like, yeah, let's have a drink, eat some good food. Hey Ma Ooh, who's your new handlady?
0: <laughs> Girl, you looking good. You wanna come back to the sea with me? Girl, you looking
2: fresh.
1: <laughs> well anything looks fresh when you've been dead for a while so <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <Just> <laughs> this uh, the n- this next one you might be familiar with Ash you might too Linz I don't know you seem like you would be a fan of this story there are also a lot of parallels be- drawn between Beowulf's Grendel yep. and the Draugr because he's massive in size and has supernatural powers and Beowulf I think eventually cuts his head off too although Neither Glamer nor Grendel are directly called Dragas. The similarities, particularly in um, Glamer's case, are strong enough to suggest that they were inspired by these creatures. So they're not outright called the Walking Dead or White Walkers or whatever we want to call them to make it easy. (laughs) So I don't have to say that word any more often than I need to.
1: And now it's going to bother me because I can't remember if he does cut off Grendel's head.
2: Yeah, so I was looking it up and I, I saw a couple different versions. So I think there are different interpretations of it. But I I know his mom ends up like
1: his mom comes back the and then she attacks yeah. everybody and then Beowulf has to beat her and then at the end mm-hmm. old man Beowulf gets killed by a dragon and it's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I ruined it, but it's been out for several hundred years. <laughs> so if you didn't read it by now, you probably weren't going to. <laughs> I had to look it up. That's going to bother me. <laughs> it says Beowulf
0: rips Grendel's arm completely out of its socket, yeah. fatally wounding it, and then it slinks back to its swampy home and dies.
1: See, that's, I was thinking, for some reason I was thinking he cut the arms off, but no, you're right. He ripped them because he didn't have any weapons. Oh, by the way, he fought him naked. He fought him naked. So do what yeah, you want with that.
2: Just yeah. Do
1: what you want with it. <laughs> That's probably what he said to him when he showed up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just shook his hips around.
1: <laughs> hey, boy, you do what you want with it. <laughs> I, this is the only sword I need today. <laughs> oh.
0: And then he rips his arm off and he's like, stop hitting
1: yourself. Stop hitting
0: yourself. And he just smacks him
1: with it. Beowulf was kind of a showy jerk, so he probably would have done that. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, the
2: dragon. Draga,
0: because that's <laughs> what we were talking about. Sorry. <laughs> oh,
2: like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, this thing. Oh, yeah, this Draga have also picked up a recent, uh, like, a pretty decent pop culture following recently. They feature heavily in the Skyrim games, as well as The Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings. And I think the ones in The Witcher 2 sound much more like traditional Draga than those in Skyrim. Because in Skyrim, they have, like, varying levels of strength and... some of them might have magic but it doesn't seem to be a characteristic that's shared by all while in the witcher 2 they're massive beings that can change form they use magic uh, they shake the earth when they walk and they also have to be killed by a sword but this sword would have to be silver instead of like the traditional
1: iron it makes sense
2: in literature the barrow Whites in lord of the rings may be inspired by the draga Though they may also be inspired by a really similar Norse Barrow spirit, which I brought up earlier, known as the Haugbui Because mm-hmm. the, ha- the, the Barrow Whites were spirits with the power to lure victims into the barrows, but they really only came out at night. And that's more along, like the Haugbui. they kind of stick to the barrows and they really just kind of protect their horde. But overall, they're not super aggressive unless mm-hmm. you get too close to their stuff. And that's kind of more, I, I don't think the Barrowites really went out and actively saw anything to kill like Draga do, right? The Ring Wraiths I think, share more in common with the Draga because their undead appearance more closely resembles kind of like that chonky, meaty description. Mm-hmm. And they really covet the ring. So they, they're selfish. They really want something. Mm-hmm. And they come out during the day. And they also have the ability to drive people mad. So I think the Ring Wraiths are probably more Draga-like. No. <laughs> mm. I know. Sorry. I was like, when I was reading about that, I was like, no, I don't think the Barrow white sound like
1: that. Yeah, no, you're usually pretty safe as long as you don't go into their territory. Yeah.
2: But the ring race will follow you anyway. Oh, no. They'll just
1: just come in and get you. It doesn't matter. Especially if you have the ring. And they ride on creepy horses.
0: With broken backs. Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: They also have Nazgul. But it's
0: fine.
2: they do. You
1: know what? It's fine. (laughs) I don't know that much about The Lord of the Rings. I am super chill all the time, and I've not ever read that book five times. (laughs) It's totally
2: fine. It's a good book.
1: Yeah. Someone somewhere is screaming at us right now, and they're like, It's three books. Not anymore, bitch. Buy the full volume. That's what I have. You could beat (laughs) someone to death with it if you need to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Keep it under your bed as
2: a weapon. Okay. Just how nerdy are you? Do you have the Silmarillion also? Yes. Yes, my level of nerdiness. I love it. Of course you. I have
1: the Silmarillion also. You're <laughs> <here> a <at> goober. <laughs> I have more than one. I have more than one translation of Beowulf like <laughs> Well, I think
2: as a nerd you're probably going to appreciate this next reference also. Another potential link in the literature that harkens to the Sea Dragon is Poe's manuscript found in a bottle. When the narrator comes across a boat that appears to be so old that he doesn't even recognize the make of it. Like, he doesn't, there's, people don't make boats like this anymore. And the ship seems to be crewed by en- ancient men who pay him no mind. And they just kind of keep sailing right on along as though they, they that's what they've always been doing. That was kind of cool. I actually read through the whole thing. Like, yeah, okay. That's draga-ish.
1: Except they don't scream. No, they don't. And their heads aren't made of seaweed. Well, no. But that would be a dead giveaway. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Or not a dead giveaway. Whatever you want to do.
2: Likewise, the cursed black pearl in the Pirates of the Caribbean could Mm -hmm. be said to be... Yeah, that was where my mind immediately went when I was reading about the Sea Draga. Neither dead nor alive, they are doomed to sail the sea, seeking that gold that they covet so greatly, Mm -hmm. and inflicting damage and death along the way. But they can be cured. Honestly, there were just so many of these things that I could have. I could really keep this list going because there are so many parallels. And like I said, there are. I found stories in Ireland and Scotland, but I didn't want to go and say it looks like this in this country and it looks like that in that country, and it's vampires here and some because there were just so many of them.
1: Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that that makes sense though because revenants which I'm going to make myself mm-hmm. say it the American way, not the French way, even though the French way sounds so much fucking cooler. But revenants exist throughout culture. I mean, that's yeah. that's a thing in pretty much any, every civilization that we have any surviving records of had some kind of form of a revenant. So it would be super difficult to trace one specific strand because they're going to have commonalities but you're also going to have things that are totally different too mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and there were so many of them that were really cool that uh i thought i wanted to someday down the road probably talk about them on the show again and i didn't want to delve into them or maybe use them for patreon specials because like the hog boy of scotland that is for sure going to be a patreon special it's so cool mm-hmm. like it's something that they still believe in. <laughs> it's cool um, there really wasn't much in the literature about where these things might have originated because you know how I always like to try and find out what might have inspired a cryptid. So in the words of Alex from Weird Distraction, I'm going to speculate wildly here. Yay. In the <laughs> thought Alex might appreciate that one. In those exceedingly long, cold winters when night never seemed to end, if people went missing or died unusual, violent deaths that appeared to be unexplainable, there would be a need to find a reason. Particularly when populations were really small and people might be missing for some time before they were found. So they Mm -hmm. might look really gruesome when you found them. Additionally, countries such as Norway, Iceland, and Sweden Where uh, these creatures were popularized were seafaring countries, which we already talked about. So they relied really heavily on fishing, which was and still is a very deadly profession. There were likely a fair number of bodies that washed up on shore as a result of these deaths, which would Mm -hmm. not only have been bloated, but likely really discolored. Because we've talked about waterlogged bodies. It's gross. Sorry, but it happens. They get beaten up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're going to be discolored. And yep. So then if, if these were then interred, there was probably some shifting and settling of that body as things, because it's going to look different than when you found it on the, the lake shore. So when people mm-hmm. go back later to pay their respects, they might think that these things have moved on their own. Although I could kind of keep serving up more draga because there's so much to work with here honestly I found more and more and I was like oh okay I'm on page like eight here I need to stop (laughs) because it's gonna get to be too long I think this has been a really hearty meal and now it's time for some after dinner conversation but before that I want to just throw out the uh, ingredients that this uh before that I want to throw out the ingredients that I sourced no I didn't write it down. (laughs) Before we have our after dinner conversation, though, I'm going to share with you where I sourced the ingredients for this meal, because that's a much better sentence than what I was trying to do earlier. (laughs) All right. So the sources were a page by the Viking answer lady entitled The Walking Dead, Draga, and Aftergangr in Old Norse Literature. A religion wiki page on the draga, a Legends of the North blogspot page on the same topic. A worldhistory.org page called Norse Ghosts and the Afterlife. Two ancient origins pages, one on Viking funerals and the other called Malevolent Phantoms, Corpse Brides, and Ancestor Spirits, The Ancient Belief in Ghosts, Part 1. A chapter on Draga from the book Beasts of the Deep by John Hackett and Sean Harrington, accessed on academia.edu. Grater Saga, accessed on sagadatabase.org, a Witcher fandom page on Draga, and the unofficial Elder Scrolls page on the same topic. Nice. So now I think we need some light dinner conversation. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Hi. have anything good to talk about
0: tonight. I have an interesting story that I can share. I went to a petting... I guess it's kind of considered a petting zoo today with my family and I was feeding these three alpacas and I fed two of them carrots and I really wanted to feed one to this fluffy brown one that was behind them that they kept like kind of pushing back. So I was like, no, 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 no. And kept trying to like kind of squeeze in there. They spit on me. They didn't think that was cool. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, and that's why you're not getting any more carrots because you're an asshole.
2: (laughs) It's pretty funny. You just celebrated your birthday yesterday, didn't you,
0: Lenz? I did. I am now 38 years ancient.
2: So.
1: It's okay. Happy birthday. I'm 1500. So. Yep. <laughs>
2: We're catching up to you, You're Ash. You're a wee yep. baby. you <laughs> like just a wee babe. Did you get anything good for your birthday?
0: Yes. My. Husband got me an omnibus of a bunch of Deadpool comics, which I'm excited to start reading. My sister got me a really fun Deadpool riding a unicorn shirt and a purifying candle, because those two things go together. Totally. <laughs> um, my parents got me some really nice sweatpants off of my Amazon gift registry. And a really fun clock for when I move my office. It's one of those like Felix the Cat clocks. You know, the ones where like the tail and the eyes move. Mm -hmm. But it's a lady cat. So it's orange and she's got pearl, a pearl necklace. And she's got long eyelashes on her eyes. Oh, That's cute. So I'm very excited for my, my kitty clock. And Ashley got you a hilarious cup. She did. She got me an amazing Rasputin mug. And Emily got me this really awesome notebook that's like digital so I can like write stuff because I like to handwrite everything so I can like write stuff and then make it disappear so I don't have to use a million and one notebooks
2: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was a fun birthday sounds like you had a good fun birthday Mm -hmm. until you got spit on until I got spit on but that was all right (laughs) what birthday is complete without being spit on that's
0: that's true that's how you know it's a good birthday.
1: <laughs> Got a lot of follow-up questions about both of your personal lives that I'm not going to ask over <laughs> recording. <laughs> if you say so, ladies. <laughs> Do you have anything good, Ash, or interesting? Well, I didn't have anything good because it's been a garbage week for sure. Um well, I just finished reading a book about somebody who was murdered with an ice axe. So that's pretty cool. Hmm.
2: So it's the, the axe that you use to break the ice apart or it's an ice? No, it's like
1: an ice axe, like from people who uh, climb mountains and stuff. It's an ice axe. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Oh. Did you picture a ice carved into the shape of
1: an axe, Lens? I Yeah. It, it kind of looks like, like a pickaxe, axe. you know? Looks yeah. like a pickaxe. Okay. But, you know, it's made differently because it's for ice and not rock. Isn't that what Cor- what Cornelius from Rudolph always had? Yeah. Mm hmm. He
2: would lick it. He'd be like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, you wouldn't want to lick this one because it was <laughs> in someone's brain, but yes. Ugh. Nope. <laughs> well, where- how else did you think he killed someone with <laughs> it? <laughs>
2: I mean, there are other places you can stab people.
1: Yeah, um, the fun fact is, though, and I'm going to get into this when I actually get the episode written up, because I did not know this before I finished reading the book. I knew what the weapon was, but it turns out that he kind of panicked before he made his move, and he closed his eyes and ended up putting the wrong end of it in. <gasps> So because he had it turned the wrong way, instead of killing him instantly, he lived for like, I don't know, 12 hours, no, not 12 hours, but he lived until probably like eight o'clock that night. Oh, God.
2: I don't know why, but for some reason, I thought you were reading a fictional story to start like this was just the story that you picked up. But no, it's true Now I know. Yeah, no, this happened.
1: It happened. No. So that's kind of crazy. That is a little crazy. I know that's not a good thing, but you said interesting. That is that is interesting. That's what I have.
0: <laughs> that was really interesting. I didn't think about the differences between an ice pick and an ice axe. I suppose you're right. Because a pick, when you think of a pick, you think of a just like the, a giant nail, basically.
1: Well, the ice picks that I've always seen kind of look like big fucking screwdrivers but with like yeah. a sharper. Oh end yeah. On, that's what I have mm-hmm. always seen. That is called an ice pick. It's possible that there are other places where they have ice picks that look more like a hammer type thing or more like an ax type thing. But this is like an actual ice ax that you use if you go mountain climbing.
2: So I have a question for you as somebody who reads a lot of these true crime stories. When you're reading about somebody doing something very aggressive to kill somebody else. Involves bludgeoning or stabbing or whatever. Do you in your head go to the psycho sound where you're like,
1: reet, 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 (laughs) reet? No, 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 that doesn't happen normally, which this is probably going to be horrifying for people listening at home who don't know why. But normally, I try to picture it as closely to what I think would have actually happened as possible, which is horrifying. Uh, and will sometimes keep you awake at night. But also, if you're doing it because you then need to retell that story to somebody else, mm-hmm. you're going to have a better understanding of what happened if you can visualize it based on the information that you have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't I mean, I don't think I usually have ever even as like as messed up as I am, I don't think I've ever actually laughed reading the description of someone getting killed, except for Rasputin, because like <laughs> that was just like one hard motherfucker to kill, man. <laughs> it just should not have been. It was.
0: It was like uh, it was like a wily e. coyote type of situation. Yeah, it was. It's was.
1: It was a lot like that. It was so like they were all
0: using acne products.
1: Yeah, it was like so uh outlandish that it becomes comical. Because you're Mm -hmm. like, this should not have been a real thing that happened, but it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, nine times out of ten, the story of what actually happened, even at a case that you already think that you know a lot about, or that we all collectively think we know a lot about, because it's a case that's like on stuff all the time. Normally, the real story is not what we think that it is. And it's really, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, it's really important to me i guess importance the best word i'm going to come up with that if i'm going to talk about the way that somebody died like i want to get that as close to what actually happened as possible i just don't i think it's think it's extremely like it's it's doing them a disservice to tell the story mm-hmm. in a way that's not accurate to what actually happened especially in this mm-hmm. case like the guy got hit in the head With an ice axe. And I always thought, you know, he was sitting down. I always kind of assumed he kind of fell over, right? Because you'd be dead. Because your brain has Mm -hmm. been injured seriously. What actually happened was he got up and started fighting that guy. What? What? How? He got up and fought that guy long enough for other people to hear the commotion and come in. And, like, it was too late for them to do anything To save him, obviously, but, like, that guy didn't get away because he got up and fought him. What a freaking badass! That's, like, some crazy, like, bear strength shit that I just think we need to talk Mm -hmm. about because that's... Yes. That's hardcore. Although... That's legend status right there. Although he was Russian, Mm -hmm. so... What do you? Have? <laughs> that explains a what lot. What are you going? You're not going to go easy. They are, ma- they down are made easy. of
2: <laughs> sterner stuff.
0: Yeah. We
1: do not go gentle into that good night in Russia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we bring the night to you.
1: Yes. We in Russia <laughs> we attack the night. <laughs> like we it does not come and take us. We take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. That's hardcore. I mean, that's just hardcore. And I think it's important for people to know that he did that because he was not a young man. And he was like, you are much younger than me and in way better shape because I've been sick for a while. But if you think you're just going to put an axe in my head and get away, you're wrong. And he was right about that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So it's like the Clint Eastwood, like a Russian Clint Eastwood.
1: Kind of, yeah. He was like, you think you're just going to kill me and leave? I got news for you, son. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fight you like a bear. <laughs> <laughs> but, and in, in, you know what? In, in some ways, it's good because he got to go down fighting. And he died looking apparently quite peaceful because he knew that he fought that guy with everything that he had. And then he got caught because of it. And he got to see his wife before he slipped into Aww. a coma. So that's kind of beautiful. That's nice. And he said, Did you see that I got that motherfucker? <laughs> did you see what I did? Well Did <laughs> you see that busted out. lip I gave him? He did he did say something about like fighting that guy and not letting him hit him a second time. He did actually tell her like he tried to hit me a second time but I didn't let him but then he also said something really nice to her before he went unconscious, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But it was really sweet. Aww. Aww. He just kind of looked at her like he was memorizing her face until he lost Aww. consciousness, and that's kind of beautiful because they had been married for a really long time. It's really sweet and sad. It is really sweet and sad. It's a complicated story.
2: Life is complicated.
1: True facts.
0: Especially in Mother Russia.
1: Well, he got kicked out of Russia, but, you know, he was in Mexico when they caught him. (laughs) Oh, we're going to some countries on this one. It's going to be fun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't go to Russia or Mexico recently, but I did go to Denver. Yes, you did. I went for my conference. It was awesome. So... We, everybody had to pre-record their presentations in case COVID shut, shut it down. Mm-hmm. So we all pre-recorded and submitted. And then it was, so it was a kind of an unusual conference. It was a lot of Q&A and not so many live talks. Mm-hmm. So you would sit on a and a and people would basically just ask you about your research and your presentation. So on the day that I did my Q&A, I'm sitting in there and I think there's one other grad student that was presenting with me and the rest were all professionals in, in this Subject. And I, I think I went up next to last to, pre- to give a little rundown of my presentation and then answer questions. And the moderator got up there and this dude was like a million years old, but he was super nice. And he gets up there and he goes, now you all, if you haven't seen this presentation yet, you need to go out and watch it because this is hands down the best presentation that I've seen in a long time. And I was like, oh shit, there's all these professionals sitting here. <laughs> you
1: know, congratulations to you for not being like, so like 80 years to that guy because I would have been so tempted. Oh, I would have been so tempted.
2: <laughs> and then I gave my live talk the first thing the next morning. It was like nine o'clock in the morning. And the moderator there afterwards came up and he shook my hand and he was like, this was a really good presentation. You did a really good job. And that's really interesting. I look forward to seeing what you do.
1: And I was like, yeah, Aww, yeah awesome. good weekend. You're kind of a big deal. That felt good. <laughs>
2: NBD. NBD.
1: <laughs> no big.
2: No, but it felt really good yeah. after all that presentation and, you know, with all the bad nerves for talking in front of people usually mm-hmm. get terrible nerves. But once I got up there and I started talking, I felt so much better about it. I had a whole group of uh, researchers who came out just to hear about my research because they were curious about what was going on with some of their trees. So I That's thought that awesome. was
1: fun. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, That is awesome. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Felt
2: pretty good. Oh, I got a tattoo too. <gasps> it's mountains. Of Aww. course you did. <laughs> <laughs> you want another really funny thing? Oh, <laughs> Joel got a matching one. Aww. Oh, my God. We got matching tattoos. You nerd. We're that kind of nerdy. <laughs> nerds. We were like, we have to commemorate our time in Denver together. Matching tats. And I was like, you realize you're stuck with me forever now, right? Like, it's inked. You're screwed. You can't take that off. Speaking of Joel, we do have to uh, say thank you to our first Patreon donor. Patron patreon donor. yes yeah thank you joel yes yeah it's <laughs> been supporting us for a couple of months now actually and we've been not great about saying thank you
1: <laughs> hey i did post things you
2: did do posts we, i just keep forgetting to we bring it up we haven't acknowledged here it thank
1: you the, yeah on the the podcast.
2: the potty the podcast the podcast. cast it, it's the appropriate cast with pot. how potty mouthed we are <laughs> yeah so, before we close up, shall I uh, read a review from a satisfied customer? Let's, Let's do please. it. Okay. So, this is from a name that I freaking love. LaLamasham. Ooh, say that. LaLamasham says, <laughs> I know, right? LaLamasham <laughs> says, entertaining and super interesting. Every episode tackles such interesting myths and legends with such a fresh lens. The hosts are hilarious and have a great flow. Super excited for future episodes. Thank Thank you, you. Sham. And also, I love your name. That's just fun to say. So shall I close up the restaurant, ladies? Yes, please. (laughs) All right. Closing time. No, that's not how it goes. Okay. Well, I think it's about time to close up the restaurant for the night. (laughs) That's not our closing, is it? Nope, that's how
1: our Andy Bernard does it, though. So... (laughs) Thank
2: you for visiting our beautiful and very weird pizzeria and enjoying a slice of powerful Norwegian cryptids. Pineapple pizza podcast, sweet and cheesy. Not everyone understands our awesomeness, but we're glad that you do? Question mark?
0: If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us, check out our Tea Public shop for some amazingly
2: fun and funny merch. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, you can do that on buymeacoffee.com and buy us a fresh slice we can never get enough
1: of basically anything if we're being honest
2: if you absolutely love the show and you want to check out some fantastic bonus content you can become a donor on patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits we have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget
0: the three dollar myth buster seven dollar cryptid hunter and
1: fifteen dollar storyteller Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. Don't forget, you can find us
0: on Twitter and Instagram at PineAppPizzaPod. That's pine
1: app, A-P-P, pizza Pod. You can also send us questions, comments, and topic ideas at PineAppAppPizzaPod at gmail.com. Remember, there's the two P's in app. Otherwise, you're emailing someone else and I don't want to be held responsible for that. Thanks for stopping in for some deliciously weird morsels.
2: And just remember, no matter how you slice it, you're awesome and we love you.